Welcome to the Right Type Coaching Podcast, where it's time to change the way you do business. On this show, I'm going to discuss with you the nuts and bolts about growing and scaling your business, as well as how to leverage who you are in order to gain that competitive edge. Each week, I'll explore topics that teach you how to create a workplace environment full of highly engaged, loyal, and collaborative people. And all successful business owners know that this is the secret to increasing productivity, morale, and ultimately growing your bottom line. I'm your host, Kate Schroeder. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to my episode today about um, the imposter syndrome and what that means and what that looks like and and how we get there and all of that, uh, all of those intricacies related to um, this kind of an experience. And I want to um, just take a moment to, uh, sorry, working on a little technology here. I want to take a moment to just uh, say welcome to everybody. I've been out of town on break for a little while and um, just getting myself reoriented back into the day-to-days and um, what I'm finding so incredibly exciting and incredibly um, motivating is how there is such a huge demand right now for therapy and coaching. I'm you know, just getting just lots and lots of calls and inquiries. And so uh, because of that, I'm creating some new programming and new offerings in order to help meet this demand. So um, although I know there's some really, really serious things going on for people right now, I'm also quite excited because I think that we are finally as a society and as a world really in many ways, beginning to realize the necessity of of growing and um, getting support and, and dealing with our mental health and and that excites me so stay tuned i will be sharing more about these new programmings and um, offerings as time goes on but what i wanted to talk to you today about was this idea of the imposter syndrome you know someone reached out not long ago in my facebook community asking about uh, my thoughts around this and and what this looks like and and how to sort of work with this and I, I got really excited because not only is this something that I happen to have experienced in my own life personally, but it's something that I think happens for a lot of people and often doesn't get talked about. You know, it's, I mean, kind of the core of the energy of the imposter syndrome, right? Is you don't want someone to know, you might not know what it is you're talking about or have the skills or quality. So it's a very humbling experience to be able to talk about this. And so I was quite delighted when this person reached out and said, hey, Kate, what about the imposter syndrome? Will you do a Facebook Live on that? I'm curious about that. And so one of the things that I want to be really clear about is that this happens a lot to a lot of people. And not only do I have some personal experience with it, but I've got a lot of experience a professional experience working with folks who uh, fall into this category of imposter syndrome kind of thing. And so before I get too far down that road, I want to share with you a little story about my own experiences with the imposter syndrome and um, what I've learned from that. You know, I can remember way back a long time ago after college when I was working at a job to pay my bills, I was actually working in some sort of accounts payable, accounts receivable place uh, at Enterprise, rent a car which was, hey, you know, I paid decent and I was able to pay my bills and I had just graduated from college and uh, the degree in psychology and wasn't quite sure exactly what I wanted to do next. 
And not too long in that job, I got an offer from uh, a local uh, high school here in the St. Louis area to come and be a PE teacher for them, physical education teacher. Now, my degree was in psychology. Um, I consider myself a pretty smart person. I graduated summa cum laude and you know, I had played division one athletics while I was in college. So I was very athletic and, and I consider myself very smart. So, or pretty smart, um, able to certainly figure things out. Right. And so I, I took the job and I started working at this private school where at that time you did not need to actually be certified as a teacher. Now they certainly encourage their teachers and such to go back and get the appropriate certification, but to actually move into that position, I didn't need that to start with. And so I did it and it wasn't too long before I started to get that niggling feeling inside, which I wouldn't have used these words imposter syndrome at the time, but looking back, I realized that that's exactly what it was. You know, I started having that feeling around, um, what happens if somebody looks at my credentials and sees that I don't actually have a teaching degree and how's that going to reflect on me and does that make me less of a teacher than someone else and I really just was encountering a lot of stress about it during that time you know it it, it was really hard even though I had all of the qualifications on paper and was an excellent teacher without a, deg a teaching degree. I was an excellent teacher. I had actually taught, you know, m many things like uh, swimming lessons and I'd been an athletic coach and taught kids how to play sports and, and refine their, so even though I had been a teacher for a very long time, um, I didn't have the specific teaching credentials. And so I really was suffering from this idea of feeling like a fake or a fraud, or that I didn't really know what I was talking about as much as someone else who might have. And so what that basically led me to do, you know, this internal stress, this feeling of being an imposter, was basically while I was working full-time, go back and get essentially another undergraduate degree in education, uh, which meant working full-time, coaching teams, taking classes, and, you know, really putting myself through a lot of stress because of this feeling that I, I wasn't, um, I was a fraud or an imposter in some way, doing a job I wasn't trained to do. And it wasn't until much, much later in life when I started diving into the Myers-Briggs and Enneagram that I finally figured out what was going on for me and what this imposter syndrome was all about. And again, I didn't have those words at the time, it was in hindsight that I was able to put the pieces together. And what I realized, what I had come to learn was that there are certain particular Enneagram types that lend themselves to more frequently feeling and experiencing that sense of being an imposter than there are other types, right? So that's not to say that everyone doesn't have the capacity to feel and experience this imposter syndrome. But what I found personally, and then as well as over the last close to 30 professional years of work in therapy, mental health, and education, was that certain particular Enneagram types are much more likely to struggle with the imposter syndrome than others. And that is particularly true of the Enneagram type three. You know, one of the core things about an Enneagram type three is that failure is not an option in their book, right? And the, and the, the tricky part of this is that it is a very unconscious uh, experience that's happening, right? So our Enneagram 
um, is, is primarily unconscious. The only way we begin to learn about it is to not only get tight and learn our tight, but to start to pay attention to the different traits, thought patterns, behaviors, decisions, choices, etc., that tell us when our Enneagram type, which is our defense system, starts to operate and, and call the shots in our life. And so one of the key things about the Enneagram type three is that it is very much focused on image, on uh, sort of packaging and repackaging. Um, in some cases, uh, a person who has this particular Enneagram type um, might uh, compromise their own values in order to kind of seal the deal or close the deal. And they also might put themselves through undue paces just to get that credential that doesn't necessarily matter in some cases. Now, I'm not denying the fact that um, we get trained for reasons, right? And we go to school for reasons and, and degrees and certifications and things matter. I firmly believe that. But I also believe that there are many instances and many situations where we already have what it takes to do that next thing and we get held up because of this experience of feeling like an imposter or a fraud or a fake. And very often when that's happening, I tell people all the time in both my therapy and coaching practices, very often when we're feeling something negative toward ourselves, that is a learned behavior and that is absolutely worth being curious about. Because if you think about this from an evolutionary perspective, right, we're not wired as a species to undermine ourselves, defeat ourselves, talk negatively towards ourselves, or, or really just defeat ourselves in any kind of way. If that were true, if, we, if that was part of our inherent natural wiring, our species would have never survived. We would have been gone long before the dinosaurs. So anytime we notice ourselves having negativity toward ourselves, or um, um, you know, not being kind to ourselves in some way, that's generally a clue that this imposter syndrome is kicking in. We're operating out of more of a defensive survival mode kind of place. And that's absolutely worth being curious about because that is the place that keeps us stuck. That is the place that keeps us small. The only way to get out from underneath that negativity or that feeling of being a fake or a fraud is to be willing to go in and dive underneath and understand what that's about, what that experience is, what purpose it's serving inside of us. Because although this might sound a little counterintuitive, when we're being negative towards ourselves or putting ourselves through the paces, that is a defensive response. That is a way of coping with some deeper underlying stress that if we didn't do this particular thing, we'd have to feel some things much deeper that might be a little more intolerable. So it's like the lesser of two evils, right? And the, the tricky thing about the Enneagram 3, right, the, this defensive type that leads to the imposter syndrome, is that much of the traits connected to this Enneagram type are highly valued in our society. Go out and make it happen. Network. Put yourself out there. Uh, package yourself. Brand yourself. Market yourself. Which threes are excellent at. And that's not a problem. It's just when we get stuck in more of that sort of packaging or role layer, impostery kind of way of being alive, it does make it very difficult to be authentic and to feel the ground and to connect with others in a meaningful way. So as business owners, as leaders, as, as entrepreneurs, parents, you know, heads of groups, 
It's so important to get out from underneath that feeling of being fake or an imposter because when we're operating out of that place, we are not operating out of our center and we're not operating out of our heart and our experience. And if there's one thing that all successful people know, no matter if you're a business owner, a teacher, a leader, a parent, entrepreneur, you name it, the one thing that all successful people know is that it's not what we know that's going to get us ahead. It's diving into what we don't know, learning about how we really are in that deeper place, how we operate, the things that keep us stuck, all that unconscious stuff. That's what successful people dive into and want to know more about. And here's the thing I know, both as a person and as a professional therapist and, and high performance based coach, that is not the kind of process that we can do on our own. We cannot take ourselves into those places that need that deep exploration on our own. It's just not going to happen. So hopefully if, if this has given you some ideas to think about that, if you find yourself uh, struggling from time to time with this imposter syndrome or like you don't have the right credential or the right qualification, it might be time for you to explore a little more about what that's about. You know, I'm a firm believer in credentials and learning and growing. It's just a personal value of mine. And I've come to a place through my own growing and therapy and coaching and all that where I can much more easily recognize when I'm operating out of something I really want and it really feels important to me and when I'm going after something, not because it's necessary or in line in my values, but it, it um, keeps me out of feeling like an imposter. So it's really up to you. It depends on how you want to be alive, how you want to run your business, your family, your teams, your, your groups. If you want to live and learn and grow and lead from a more heart-centered place, reach out. We can chat more. You know, we can look at what's going on for you and really how to help you get out from underneath this uh, really limiting feeling of being an imposter or a fraud in your own life. But I want to thank you, um, as always, for joining in today. Um, please feel free to join my Facebook community if you haven't already. Drop a comment, shoot me an email with any sort of questions or comments or reactions that you might have. I always love hearing about what's going on for people and being challenged in my own process to grow and, and get outside of my boxes too. So thanks a lot for being here today and bye for now. And that's it for this week's episode. I sure hope that I've given you something to think about from our conversation today that's going to help you elevate your impact in your business and life. Remember to go on Facebook and like our business page, Transformation Counseling. And if you haven't yet, be sure to join my Facebook community, The Right Type Coaching. This is where you'll find more resources, information, tips and tricks on how to leverage who you are in order to grow your bottom line. I'm your host, Kate Schroeder, and remember, it's time to change the way you do business. It's time to grow. Bye for now.